Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues defeat the red-hot Boston Bruins 4-2 on the road. Robert Thomas extends his point streak to 10 games, as do the Blues, longest win streak of the season. Maybe the best stretch of hockey the Blues have played all season. Probably the best stretch of hockey the Blues have played all season. Lots to talk about. More positive vibes on this podcast, finally. It's going to be a fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and I am joined by my slightly less red than yesterday co-host, Thomas Welsh. Tommy, congrats on the, uh, the slight healing of the, the facial region. It was looking pretty rough yesterday. Thank you. I appreciate that. All the all the bright scarlet peeled off. That's good. Uh, it felt like a my leopard gecko just basking under the sun. So we've elevated to a slight pink now. So it, was like, it was like that scene in American days. Psycho when he's peeling off the face mask slowly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, it's glad beautiful. to see that. Um, and not only did we have good news in Tommy Sunburn slightly healing today, we also had good news in the St. Louis Blues winning a very, very tough matchup against probably the hottest team in the NHL in the last two weeks or so in the Boston Bruins. Bruins were absolutely on fire, had been dominating on home ice. Sure, they were a little shorthanded, but still was going to be a tough game regardless. And St. Louis Blues came away with a pretty strong victory. So we're going to get into that. Before we do, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen, making us part of your daily routine because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. Now, it was a little touch and go there at first, um, Bruins did go up 2-1 to one and had a ton of zone time even after it was tied up at 2, but the Blues did a good job of weathering the storm. Um, there were some shifts there where they seemed like they were out there for two and a half minutes in their own zone and really didn't allow a ton of high-danger scoring chances. Just the Bruins kept cycling. It didn't get a ton to the net. So real real uh, display of fortitude by the St. Louis Blues tonight, Tommy. What do you like in this game? I, everybody, especially on the defense, was buying into like the playoff mentality of Clearing the crease, right? Keeping bodies out of the way, letting Billy Huso see when he needs to, but also blocking shots when they need to, too. And I feel like uh, that that blocking shots factor has kind of been, uh, I wouldn't say missed entirely by the Blues this season, but it's kind of been lackluster for the most part. But uh, as we get closer to playoff hockey and uh, as the games wind down in this season, you're less and less likely to get injured in that time frame. So I think uh, the Blues, I don't think it's any coincidence that the Blues are having their longest win streak of the season right now. I think they've got a lot of veteran guys that know that the uh, NHL season is a marathon, not a sprint. And so maybe even though we'd love to see the Blues sprint for the entire season, the fact of the matter is, is nobody has that much in the tank and uh, injuries are going to bog up the same way with doing that. So I think they conserved a lot in the tank uh, and we're seeing uh, what happens when they empty the tank now. And it is some top tier hockey. And I think uh, Josh, you and I are on the same page. We were talking about before the podcast that uh, this team is absolutely ready for the playoffs. Now we got to keep this momentum going, obviously. And like you said, the Bruins were missing some guys, but I think it should, I think it's kind of understated that the blues are kind of banged up too. I mean, Tyler Bozak's not in the lineup. This is Tory Krug's first game back from injury as well. So, like, the Blues weren't 100% either. And I think when it comes down to it, both of these teams are very talented. Both of these teams will be playoff teams. 
the Blues ended up on top this game, but it really could go 50-50 in terms of a seven-game series. So it'll be exciting to see uh, how the Blues stack up against the rest of these teams. I think the last game of the season is on the 29th, which is crazy. We're like halfway there through the month. Uh, Tommy, I got a trivia question for you. How many times have the Boston Bruins lost in regulation on home ice in the last two months? Coming in the into last tonight. Two Co- months. Coming into tonight. How many times have the, had the Boston Bruins lost in regulation on home ice in the last two months? If we're bringing it up on the podcast, I feel like it has to be surprisingly low. Like, it's just because, like, you were talking about positive vibes, you know, it's going to be a positive vibes podcast. I'm going to go with, I feel like it's one or two. I'm going to go with two. Since March 9th, coming into tonight, the Boston Bruins had lost in regulation on home ice one time. It was close. One loss in the last two months. So now it's two. So now it's two. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. Hot, hot, one of the hottest teams in the NHL, one of the hottest teams on home ice, and the Blues continued not only their point streak, but I think I heard on the broadcast this is their ninth straight game with four-plus goals, which is absurd. Like, that's a statistic that seems, like, otherworldly when you think about it. Like, because they haven't, I don't think they've won all nine of those games. I think one of those was the that crazy Edmonton game that they lost in overtime. Um, but we talked about like this offense, not being able to carry the blues, um, you know, so far, you know, you got to run the defense. And I feel like there've been games in this win streak in this point streak where we haven't even been like talking about the offense. We've been praising the defense and kind of taken for granted the fact that, oh yeah. And we also scored four or five goals, you know, now here we are nine straight games with four plus goals. And I honestly don't think that the offense has been far and away the best asset of the blues game i think there have been games when the defense has almost outshined the offense and i don't say tonight was another example but the, the play in the defensive zone especially when Bo- the boston forwards were just forechecking and forechecking and forechecking and, and not allowing anything or the penalty kills the defense was really strong tonight once again yeah and i think uh, the blues like their forwards play defense really well too and i think that comes down to the back checking and just staying um like going out and doing your job, right? I know like guys are going to go out there and like empty the tank and get tired and all those things. But like at the end of the day, like you got to work, you got to back check, you got to work without the puck, even when you're not expecting the puck. And I think a lot of the Blues players uh, did that. And really besides his goal, we talked about the impact that Bergeron has had this season on every team, uh, even besides the St. Louis Blues. But dude's just been on an absolute rampage in terms of production, but I I really, I wouldn't say I didn't notice him because you're always going to notice Bergeron, but he was kind of quiet tonight, like I said, besides his goal, which happened like 30 seconds into the game. But uh, I think that's a strong testament to Ryan O'Reilly and um, the game that he brings, even when he's not filling up the score sheet, because he hasn't really this year. Uh, He hasn't had to because the Blues have had so much primary and secondary scoring outside of Ryan O'Reilly that he can focus more on his uh, defensive game and shutting down the star players for other teams. I think he did that tonight uh, with Marchand and Bergeron. I think the Bruins had to rely a lot on their depth tonight. Um, and we did talk about in the preview episode that if the Bruins had one weakness, it would be their depth scoring. And I think that was really tested tonight. Um, and we saw examples of that sort of struggling. I think Bruce Cassidy called out Charlie Coyle in the post game saying that I, I don't remember which goal it was, but there was one, one opportunity where he had, he, he quote, refused to shoot blues went down the other way and scored so i mean not to say that the bruins and blues are going to match up in the cup final again i don't think my family could take that um 
but just rip it apart. Yeah. Oh God, dude. I, I, I can't. I, I we can't go through. That. We can't go through that again. Legitimately, I, I don't think. I don't think my my mom's heart rate would would survive that. <laughs> the Bruins missed a couple tap-ins though, too. Like right on the doorstep, there was a couple of them. And there was that one. I forget who it was. It might have been Justin Falk, where the puck got behind Billy Huso, but he swatted it out at the last second. So it could have been a much closer game. That's the thing with these teams, like the Boston Bruins, where they have such a insignificant weakness that's you know yeah we got to really focus on targeting the blues did a really good job of that and, and forcing the bruins to rely a little bit more on their depth score you know it's not going to work every time you play him you know sometimes charlie Coyle is going to take that shot or whatever what have you those tap-ins are going to go in but when like like you said when you're shutting down guys like patrice bergeron and brad marchand it's gonna be a lot harder for the boston bruins to to win a hockey game uh that being said we're going to continue this conversation in the second segment lots to go over Going to get into some of the individual performances and have a heated debate over who who's locked on player of the game outshines the other because both Tory Krug and David Perron had a goal and an assist. So uh, should be should be a fun conversation there. Make sure you stay tuned. But before that, I want to tell you guys about one of our newer sponsors, and that is Shady Rays. Now, Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of a nice $200 pair of sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 five-star reviews. Make sure you check them out. And while you're on your computer or whatever, bet on the blues over. They've been scoring a ton of goals lately, and I'm assuming they're going to continue to do so. There is no slowing this offense, and like I said, you're missing out if you're not betting the over. And when are you going to do that, Tommy? Where do you think they should go? BetOnline.net. Yes, sir. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to your website, head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Tommy, real quick, NBA playoffs are starting uh, on Saturday. Who's winning the chip? Memphis Grizzlies. I love John Morant. I like that. I like that. I mean, of course, I got to go with my Celtics, but. If they don't win, I think the Grizzlies would be my second choice. I'd be okay with the Celtics, Jason Tatum, STL yeah, Nate. They got the Nets in round one. It's going to be a... That's a battle. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But the Blues haven't made me stress in or made us stress in... How long has it been, Tommy? How long has it been since we've had an episode where we've been complaining? I mean, probably 10 games, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the last time about we lost. 10 games. <laughs> so two weeks-ish. It's been, it's been a good stretch and... I mean, they've kind of proven me wrong. I was fully on the train that you gotta fix the defense before you fix the offense, and the off or before you before you just solely rely on the offense. And not to say the defense hasn't been fixed because you know we've been talking about since the acquisition of Nick Letty, the defense has been really strong. But the Blues have just you relied on their offense kind of solely, and it's allowed the defense to have a lot of comfort and and 
you know, figure stuff out on their own. It's not like the defense have had a game has had a game where they've completely shut down the opponent and the Blues have won one nothing, two one or whatever. They're still winning games like by scoring a ton of goals, but you know, with that, the defense is still doing their thing. It, it's very impressive that amidst the best offensive stretch of the season for the St. Louis Blues, it's also probably the best defensive stretch of the season as well. And I think that's going to go kind of under the radar with them scoring four plus goals in nine straight games, but it's a huge factor for sure. I think it's really interesting to not to toot our own horns here, but we should because, you know, we get some stuff right sometimes, right? <laughs> I think once in a while. At the, be- at the beginning of the season, and maybe even dating back to last season, we were talking about like the offensive potential that this team had, even before like acquisitions. We were talking about Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, like steamheading a new look of St. Louis Blues that doesn't revolve around a defense, but revolves around an offense uh, and looks more like the Toronto Maple Leafs than the 2019 St. Louis Blues. And I'd just like to say that. Uh, we're already there and it's already happening right now. So we were bang on in that regard, but it's entertaining, right? Like I can't remember the last time I watched a blues team that's scored four plus goals. What was it in the last nine games? Nine games. Absurd, dude. Like we were winning games two to one, one, nothing like leading the league on shutouts, all that stuff. No, throw it out the window. The blues have seven 20 goal scores. I mean, just things I wouldn't even think of. And they're not even doing it like they were at the beginning of the season or like, you know, the, the that famed Toronto Maple Leafs run where they were doing that crazy. Like, they're not winning games 6-5. Like, every once in a while they are, but they're dominating teams in every end of the ice. Like, yeah, this offense is incredibly fun, but, like, that defense is still there. It's not quite the same, you know? They're not holding teams to, like, 20 shots. I think the Bruins almost got, might have gotten, like, 40 shots on goal tonight. 38, I think, yeah. 38. But, like... The lack of high danger scoring chances, it, the Blues are still just as frustrating to play against right now as they were during that cup run when it was impossible to get anything. It's a little bit different, you know, the the game's a little bit more fast paced, a little bit more loose, but not only are you getting five on your head every single night, if you're playing the Blues, you're lucky to score two goals as of late, you know, the, they've held a lot of teams to under three goals. I don't have the, the totals in front of me, but I would imagine the team goals allowed average over this stretch is Really good. I want. I want to look at their margin of victory, Tom. While you're doing your your next little little second, I want to. I'm going to do some quick math in my head and see the margin of victory over this ten game point streak. But it's because they've been they've been doing it everywhere. They've been they've been dominating on every end of the ice, and it just so happens that it's not like when they would do that in 2019 and they'd win two nothing. They also have the potential to score four, five, six goals on really good teams like the Boston Bruins. It's been. Maybe the most fun I've had watching this team since that cup run, you know, that that final series. And honestly, that wasn't a whole lot of fun. That was mostly just stressful. <laughs> but uh, It was a lot of stress. Yeah, but it's been, oh, man, if if we play like this in the playoffs, that's all. I'm, like, it, it's going to be tough to beat the St. Louis Blues in a seven-game series. I, I think the perfect way to encapsulate how the blue season has gone for me personally um was Vladimir Tarasenko's, I think it was his first goal, where he spun the 180 and just ripped it on and sniped it. Right before that, the pass from Robert Thomas was like a between-the-legs like spinning pass to him as well. It's like it's literally like watching the Harlem Globetrotters out there. Like there I can't remember like the a season in the past where the number of times I jump out of my seat or jump off my bed for a meaningless goal, like to go up by three goals or something where the game is already in hand solely because the goal is so impressive that I'm just losing my mind. I mean, 
even the second, even the the last goal that the Blues scored tonight, Pavel Buchnevich had like a no look pass that was just straight out of uh, literally Harlem Globetrotter stuff. Like these guys are going out there and just having fun with the puck while also playing just at absurdly talented levels offensively. And I, I it just makes for an insanely inten- entertaining product uh, led by Robert Thomas. Not so much as Jordan Kyrie right now, but the beginning half of the season. Um, was Jordan Cairo too. So like it it really is just it's a, it's a fantastic time to be a Blues fan because we're competing, we're getting hot at the right time near the playoffs and it, like even to the even to the conversation of like this team is playing like Harlem Globetrotters, like the chemistry and like you can tell that each player and their lines are getting more comfortable with each other every game. Like if you compare the Tarasenko, Buchnevich, and Robert Thomas line to what they looked like playing with each other at like the beginning of the season. Just night and day stuff. And so, yeah, exactly. So uh, who knows what they're even going to look like come playoff time when like it gets down to the nitty gritty, like the pressure is on. They have more games uh, to to work on that chemistry. I'm oh, I'm so excited for this Blues team heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And for the record, over the last 10 games, the St. Louis Blues have outscored their opponents by 20 goals, which is an average of two goals What'd you say? Game. Run, say that again? Over the last 10 games, which includes one loss, the St. Louis Blues have outscored their opponents by a total of 20 goals. Wow. They are no team is like teams don't even get close to beating this Blues team over this ten game point streak. They got a couple one goal games in there, but they've also got a lot more five one four two whatever games. It's been real good, real good hockey. Um, we're gonna get into some of the more individual performances. Like I said, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that goal, just because holy crap, that was one of my favorite goals of the season. Um. We'll talk about, like I guess, some more of the individual performances because there were, what, like four two-point scorers tonight? Um, yeah, so want to continue to talk about that. Uh, should be a fun third segment, but before that, I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. Would you have access to computers or be computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and all their prices are reliably low for every single customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we... Sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. All right, Tommy. So I want to make sure I'm getting this right. I believe this started with Pavel Buchnevich on on the right side, who dished it over to Robert Thomas, who just with one little tap of the puck sent it through his legs, little bit out of the reach of Vladimir Tarasenko, admittedly. What does Tarasenko do? He uses that as an opportunity to to trick Jeremy Swayman by catching the puck facing backwards, all of a sudden turning around, doesn't even look up from the ice, and just fires the most pinpoint accurate laser wrist shot into the top corner over Swayman's shoulder. From like a from like a tic-tac-toe standpoint, 
that might have been my favorite goal of the season. Just how turning something, we talk about turning something into nothing all the time. Yeah, it was a three on two, but Robert Thomas threw that pass blindly, a little bit out of Tarasenko's reach until he turned around and shot that. I'm like, oh man, that 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 was a missed opportunity. And all of a sudden he spins around and he goes, just kidding. This, this, is, this is what I wanted to happen and scores one of the best goals of the season for sure. Well, you say Robert Thomas passed it blindly, but I think there's been probably like 75 times where I'm like, there's no way that Robert Thomas saw that guy, but he continues to find guys uh, with eyes in the back of his head. So I think he knew that Vladimir Tarasenko was behind him. And I think he knew that if he was going to skate over closer to Buchnevich, he draws defensemen over there. Uh, so once the puck came to him, all he had to do was close his eyes and throw it back there somewhere and Vladdy could get it. Like you said, it was almost out of his reach, but he got it, spun around, shot and scored. But I, I think it's also important to note that I think a couple minutes before that, Vladdy ripped a one-timer and it rang off the pipe uh, right past Swayman too. So, I mean, the dude was just getting looks all night. And that doesn't even count as a shot on goal. So the dude was just getting looks all night long, uh, playing the best hockey we've seen from him in years. Uh, and it doesn't look like he's going to be slowing down anytime soon, especially with his past performances in the playoff. Uh, in the playoffs, I think we could be looking at a, a next-level Vladdy come playoffs this season, especially with the Robert Thomas chemistry and Bujnevich chemistry that they've developed. Yeah, another another player that really impressed me tonight uh, was Tori Krug in his return uh, from injury. It was you know it, it, I don't want to say it felt rushed, but it was definitely a little bit earlier than was anticipated. This kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like if this game wasn't against the Bruins, he might not have played. Uh, just 100%. Based on, I agree with that. Just based on how quickly the... The, the turnaround was between like we have no update on Tory Krug to oh he's playing on Tuesday by the way um you know not to say he was unhealthy by any means because he looks like he hadn't missed a beat tonight um beyond his goal which first of all he could have had a second goal uh got reviewed for offsides which it was offsides but still um so he was I mean he was everywhere and one area that I really impressed uh impressed me for Tory Krug was like on that power play just just swinging the puck around and I kind of wanted to transition into talking about the power play as a whole. Uh, because even though they weren't as successful as they could have been tonight, I don't know what their num- what the number one to the end, but they got a lot of power play opportunities that they didn't capitalize on early. But man, that power play has looked so good lately. Uh, I think they're second in the NHL in power play for the season, and Tori Krug and and just Justin Falk, Tarasenko, Robert Thomas, they're passing the puck around like it's practice out there. They do move the puck really well. So they were uh, one for four tonight. So they did capitalize on one of them, but like you said, uh, they had a lot more opportunities that they could have taken advantage of, but. Um, it's always been the Blues' bread and butter to excel at five on five. So, but with this new offense, you never really know. And like you said, like they look so smooth out there, like it's practice, just slinging pucks around. And I, I don't, I really don't think it matters. And even if, even in Tory Krug's absence, like Nick Letty being at the quarterback position of that power play, he slotted right in and looked really good too. So, um, I really don't think it matters who's on the other side, uh, defending the Blues' power play. They have like a strategy in mind and like. The plays that they run and they pretty successful. I think they hit a another post on a on a power play uh play that I think was Ryan O'Reilly took the shot. Uh, so they could they could have had two more goals at the least tonight. Uh, a couple inches, uh, one way or the other. Yeah, and there's so many times like on that power play, or not even on the power play, just like uh, in the offensive zone in general, where uh not just get tonight against the Bruins, but in general over this ten game point streak, but you know to hone in on tonight where the Bruins would be trying to break it out and the Blues would kind of make a contested play at the blue line. You know, the puck would be sort of in limbo, battling it out, and all of a sudden the Blues would set back up like instantly. You know, like it would be a scramble at the blue line. Next thing you know, they're they're set back up, making a perfect 
you know, behind the back pass to the other defender or whatever. There's so many quick passes that got the Blues out of danger tonight that I feel like that goes underappreciated. You know, hockey is such a fast game, and there are so many times where the Blues of old would have thrown a pass to someone's skates or thrown a, a wild shot on net where they just made the quickest decision, quick pass, short pass to get them to reset up. And just, that's one thing I think has been so huge for them lately is their decision-making. I don't think I've seen, you know, the team makes some really poor decisions in a long time. There have been a couple of turnovers here and there for sure, but it really seems like they're playing the sharpest hockey of the season. It does. I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me in the Blues' performance was they were just strong on pucks. I know, like, it's kind of a cliche when, like, coaches talk about it. Like, like you know, we have to be stronger on pucks. Like, that's, like, stereotypically, like, the go-to knee-jerk reaction for what a coach, like, blames a loss on sometimes. But really, like... That could be the difference in hockey games, especially when it comes to playoff caliber teams. Is like those 50-50 pucks. Like if they're all going one team's way, chances are they're going to be possessing the puck in the offensive zone. And as we saw tonight, like like you were talking about earlier, like when the Blues are on the ice and their defensive zone hemmed in for like two minutes and thirty seconds, I think at one point and they ended up having to take a penalty by like, the fourth line get, too. I think that was you're gonna you're gonna get gassed, and like that that can be detrimental to any team and just completely swing. Uh, the momentum, the momentum for any game, but I think the Blues did a fantastic job of staying strong on pucks tonight and winning those fifty-fifty battles. Like just going out there and wanting the puck more than the guy next to him and they're the opponent that they're going up against. And it it really looked like the Blues uh, did a fantastic job of that against the Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was one of the strongest wins of the season for sure, just given the circumstances, given how hot the Bruins were playing. Um, we continue the Eastern Conference road trip this week. I'm not sure who our next opponent is. I think it's like, is it like Buffalo or something? I think yeah, it Buffalo. Yeah, it's Buffalo. Buffalo on Thursday, and then Owen a, Power. Mm-hmm. Had a had a pretty decent game tonight. I think he was like a plus two. Um, yep. And then on Saturday we got game. we got another game against our more than likely playoff opponent. Little three o'clock matinee against the Minnesota Wild at home. First night of a back to back. So. Pretty important stretch of game for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Sabres just beat the the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, so you know they're not going to be a, not going to be an easy an easy win. No no team is at this point in the regular season. So I'm going to have lots to cover for you guys on the Locked On Blues podcast. Hopefully the Blues can continue their point streak as well as Robert Thomas. You know, we got a lot a lot of positives to talk about. Uh, hopefully it stays this way for the rest of the season. Just points in every game from here on out. Just no big deal. I'd love that. Why not? It'd be pretty fun. Including Why not the, us? Yeah, exactly. Including the playoffs. 16 and 0. You heard it here first. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. I like it. T- Tommy, edit, edit that one out. I, I changed my okay. mind. I think that's all the time we have for you guys today. Nope, that's all I got. Appreciate you guys for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button mm-hmm. on whatever platform you're currently listening to. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 1215. Subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, we go live on there all the time. Our videos, yeah, we've got 200 subscribers. So honestly, if you haven't subscribed at this point, you're missing out on a lot and a large community. I'll say that as well. So follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go blues.